0: Welcome to signs. Cosigns. And tangents.
1: And not the squeaky voice version that we did last.
0: No, that was a. Uh, we were testing a new audience.
1: Yeah, we didn't we didn't um, score very high on the audience participation for 13-year-olds. or 10 or 5
0: No. Now we're gonna shoot for 65 to 82.
1: So my age group. Old.
0: <laughs> old man signs.
1: Woo! Yeah, because uh, those are the exact listeners we want to cultivate because they're baby boomers, and there's like a bazillion of them.
0: Yeah, I think there's approximately a
1: bazillion and three. Yeah, uh, that's pretty scientific. Now, so in the in the last week, um I've come to a great epiphany, jared What is that? That we probably should keep doing podcasts. Should should it, it was never a for sure thing and we made it through the first 13 episodes i figured that was a regular season order now we're into the extended episode we're in our order.
0: sophomore season yeah which means this is going to be the worst well naturally
1: we really don't have that high a bar to surpass if you look at the first three 13 we'll, episodes. we'll
0: throw out all of our old quips and tropes and we'll start fresh yeah Get a new cast member
1: we do? Yeah. Skippy? We're going to bring in Skippy. Hey, Skippy. Hi! I'm totally optimistic! Yeah. No, we're not doing any of that. Focus group testing says that we're fine just the way we are, and uh, that all we need to do is be more consistent. Yeah. Just so. be ourselves. Oh, now you're uh, putting uh, that pressure again.
0: Actually, no. Uh, audiences do do not want you to be yourself.
1: Well, and, and if some of the audience knows us, they know that we're absolutely putting on completely different characters here. Yep. This is not the way we are in real life. Absolutely.
0: At all. I hate Nintendo in real life.
1: Uh, no, you don't. Oh, no one's going to buy that.
0: Wait, what part am I playing?
1: <laughs> You're not playing Sean. Oh, and I don't hate Nintendo either, but, uh,
0: Hey, let's, uh, let's get into our tangents.
1: Yeah. I mean, we started off with tangents. Let's move into the actual tangents for a change. Official so, tangents official tangentially official Mm. but Mm. for a little too much emphasis on the word genital hey Sean
0: how do you feel about the movie (laughs) Avatar
1: so Avatar isn't that the movie about the kids who can use elemental powers yeah it was horrible
0: oh yeah it was that was bad
1: there was anime wasn't there wasn't even a twist no (laughs) what the twist anyway no that's not the Avatar we're talking about so James Cameron has decided that he only needs to make one movie for the rest of his life, but 47 times. And and as a matter of fact, he couldn't even be bothered with casting new actors, apparently. So everybody that died in the first Avatar, you know, Blue blue Cat People on the Moon movie, um, everybody's coming back for the sequels, episodes 2 through 47.
0: Wait, everybody?
1: Everybody. What about that evil general guy. He's dead. Yeah, he died. He's coming back. How? He's the main bad guy in the next three movies. Is he a cyborg? You know, this is the wonder of James Cameron. You just have to let him go. He's gonna
0: do a Terminator 2. That guy's gonna come back from the future.
1: I don't think there's future things.
0: From the that past. They're
1: not doing time travel with this from, series, I hope. From an
0: alternate reality.
1: I think his soul the... got captured by Pandora, and he's going to be reincarnated in one of those panther monsters. Ooh. Ooh. That's
0: actually a that... good... You know what? That's too good they're not going to do that. <laughs> That's actually pretty good.
1: That actually makes sense based on the <laughs> mythology. Hmm. Actually, I have no inside information. James Cameron doesn't call me for a script. Here's the thing
0: I don't understand. Control. After everybody saw Avatar... Yeah. Did you come out of the movie being like... Yeah, I wish they'd make like four or five, maybe six of those all in a row. No. Yeah, neither did I. Um either.
1: actually, I thought Avatar was a pretty complete story. I don't know that it needed anything more. Um and and I I have to admit and cuz you know my wife will call me on this if she hears this and I don't admit to it. I loved Avatar walking out because I was just in such a euphoric place because of the 3D and the visuals and and James Cameron is an amazing visual storyteller. Always has been. Uh, The plot, I think everybody can pretty, you know, I have this cooling effect after I walk out of some movies. And um, when I said I had a cooling effect with Avatar, I mean, I I bought the Blu-ray as soon as it did. The day it came out, I wanted it because it was just visually impressive. I don't own a 3D TV. I didn't see it in 2D, so I didn't know what to expect. When I saw it in 2D, for some reason, it didn't have the magic that it had in 3D. And it kind of, that was the point at which I went, oh. This is
0: a mediocre movie.
1: Um, yeah, there's really not anything new. This is the noble savage storyline, yeah, and the evil corporation storyline, and the and the the noble scientists trying to save the rainforest. Oh, I I've seen all of these movies. Um,
0: Ferngully two.
1: It it really it strangely enough that's a great comparison, um, minus the weird bat, but yeah, it's uh. So for the next seventeen years, you can look forward to an avatar sequel every five years aren't they coming out quicker succession than that you'd think but it's been like 10 years since avatar came out and he's not even started filming yet he's been in pre-production waiting for the technology to catch up with his vision (laughs) and in the meantime 3d technology is pretty much dead
0: Right. Meanwhile, he's been uh, going the challenger's deep. and uh,
1: Well, he's he's wealthy enough he doesn't ever have to make another movie. He doesn't. And hopefully Ubisoft doesn't have to make any games based on this movie. Because mm-hmm. the games based on Avatar were just as bad as the movie. Yep. but uh, As is tradition. Yeah, so that was the big news that we got this week in our latest Avatar update. They're getting ready to film. And... Uh, <laughs> All of the actors who died, Sigourney Weaver and, you know, the evil bad guy general, they were they're were all talking and they're all like, yeah, we're coming back for the sequels. Now, again, Sigourney Weaver's character kind of makes sense. Her essence got absorbed into the tree or whatever. She could do an Obi-Wan Jedi force ghost thing or she could be reincarnated as a fish. We don't know. I'd watch that movie. I would not. Sigourney Weaver as the amazing Mr. Limpet. No, thank you. <laughs> um yeah so avatar i no hope I, that this is gonna be good it'll probably be visually amazing but come on
0: i only watched avatar the one time in the theater in 3d
1: but sam worthington's gonna be back as the main character you mean sam worthington that
0: guy that you know from
1: avatar <laughs> well he was also in clash of the titans Oh and its sequel which it didn't deserve that poor guy yeah, I mean, he's he seems in, and he was in Terminator. He was in a Terminator movie. That's right. He was. Uh, he was the Salvation Terminator with a real human heart.
0: Oh, don't get me started about that franchise, please don't. Well, it's, it's I funny. could do a one dumb thing episode about the Terminator franchise.
1: Well, and oh, so part of this Avatar conversation was also that James Cameron has an idea for rebooting the Terminator franchise and doing another trilogy.
0: <sighs> Let it go, man. Just let it go.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, there's also a sequel to that movie coming out. To to what? Frozen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: trying. To, I was like Terminator Genesis. They're making another one. No,
1: no, that that died.
0: Okay. Um,
1: Anyhow, so now to do our Nintendo uh, update of the week. So last week we talked about uh, Amiibos and specifically the Amiibos for the upcoming Metroid game. And there was an update, as like, halfway through this week on that, and w- Nintendo pretty clearly came out and said, well, we're not locking everything behind a paywall of buying, having to buy an Amiibo. Hard mode, there's a hard mode in the game. You'll be able to play hard mode without the Amiibos. Fusion mode, we're never going to put out as DLC, and you need to buy the Amiibos.
0: And it's harder than hard and mode. And it's
1: the real hard mode, by the way. It's the real hard mode. Yeah. Um, Did you know there are also
0: art galleries that are locked behind the Amiibo?
1: Yeah. Only after you beat the game? Yeah. And That's, that's actually of... true with the two Amiibo that are already out. So it is an energy tank and missiles and an art gallery. Yeah. So here's the reality. If you're playing the game because you want to unlock extra features, you're probably playing it wrong. Play the game because you want to play the game. Buy the Amiibos if you want the Amiibos. If you like toys and you like putting them on your shelf and every once in a while taking them out and putting them next to your game boy or your ds or your 3ds or your 2ds super xl
0: yeah none of these things like if you're already worried about a game that nobody's reviewed and has art galleries it could be
1: the worst game hey mega man legacy collection has art galleries yeah but those games have
0: come out and those art galleries are interesting kinda no you see my point like the game could get (laughs) one out of ten but nobody's why do you you care about the conception
1: What do you care about the conception? Hey, of the shitty Mighty game? Number Nine had art galleries. Oh, on the collector's you situation. had to do that, didn't you? I did. It was on sale this week. Hey,
0: good thing I got that pre-order collection. It was in the
1: Capcom Humble Bundle. Oh no! It... Which is not on sale. Anything? I don't think anymore. And but...
0: Capcom, admittedly, had nothing to do with
1: it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Ugh. Um. Anyway, so the Amiibo stuff. Let's let's just put it to bed. It, it's. If you want to buy toys, buy toys. If you want to play video games, play video games. If you want to complain about stupid stuff on the internet, go to Reddit.
0: And it's not like they're you know, locking an entire campaign or second story behind an amiibo. It's trivial stuff.
1: Well, and since I let off with the Nintendo thing, maybe you can hit the next one. Because we want to talk about locking story away. Or maybe not having story <laughs> um our next tangent's interesting i'll let you take this one
0: yeah so this week almost
1: i would say it's a little over a year
0: it seemed out of nowhere but it was should have also been expected i guess the uh the creators of no man's sky hello games said hey 1.3 is coming out an update soon
1: yeah they actually started talking about it about two weeks ago
0: and we're like, okay.
1: And there was this long ARG that was going on. Oh, yeah, the ARG. Atlas Rising and talking about this kind of...
0: So everybody gets their hopes up, right? You know, the hype train starts. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, they put the patch notes on their site before they had published them. And a lot of the criticisms that they got when the game launched were addressed in one way or another.
1: Dur- pretty directly addressed, actually.
0: Yeah. So... Um, we so, need to...
1: so what's what's in this update? That I mean, is this this is a game a lot of people were really excited about? You and I both have I have multiple copies of it. Yep. Um, and uh, why would I care?
0: So I think a lot of the criticisms of certain things in the game were addressed directly. Like you said, you can fly close to the planet. Oh, surprisingly, you can do that now. Um, okay. Additionally, they added. Supposedly, 30 hours of story content. All right. Adding to the lore of the game. Mm -hmm. They reseeded the universe, so to speak, adding textures. Um, They also added some new things to the base building. They... um, What else did they do? They...
1: Actually, they've done quite a few things. You've hit the high points, but... um... So, the, the new story actually, you don't have to actually restart a game to get into it. Right. Um, both of us have spent a number of hours in the last day or so playing. Uh, it came out yesterday morning. Uh, so, that would have been Friday, the. What date was yesterday? Friday. Friday. What was the date? What, like the 11th. 8th, 11th, 12th, something like you know, that. I don't know what date it is. Um, and I actually was following it pretty closely because I was interested, because I'd read through the patch notes and it talked about things like they are adding a new 3d map and the maps, the the galaxy map now has planets on it. They've added a new economic system to it. They've added a bunch of details that really make it feel like a breathing universe that it really didn't have unless you imagined it being there before. Um, the last two big updates had made some good changes towards advancing it. Um, dog fighting's fun. Yeah. Dog fighting now is actually a doable which I always had trouble with it before. Maybe I'm well, just bad. But
0: they added new ship designs. I pulled up the patch notes to jog You're my cheating. memory here. I, well, I forgot. They added stargates.
1: Yes, the stargate system. And portals.
0: here's the other thing that they added: uh, basic multiplayer.
1: So I've had a few conversations um, about this with. A few different people who were fans of No Man's Sky and people who hated No Man's Sky who said, you know, they promised, you know, Sean Murray promised multiplayer day one. And I'm like, well, no, actually, he didn't. He didn't really promise multiplayer in the truest cooperative sense. The whole concept of the game was always you're an explorer. You're just going to go out and see things. And it may be the first time anybody's ever seen them. And, you know, and and if they get to multiplayer, it's going to be very limited. Well, guess what? The multiplayer is very limited.
0: I feel like this interpretation of multiplayer that's in this update is what they intended, but it wasn't ready to go for launch.
1: So there's also a lot of people talking about the fact that if they hadn't been pushed to, to release the game a year ago, that this is the game we probably would all be raving about at this point. But here's the thing I'm going to say. We haven't appreciably changed, and you and I talked about this before the show, they haven't appreciably changed the game loop. So what you do in the game isn't any different. Still
0: collecting resources, still shooting animals, scanning stuff, Yeah. going to bases, building your base.
1: There's the economic simulation, so you collect resources, fly to another planet, sell them. There's the storyline of trying to get to the center of the universe. Um, there's a lot of talk about them maybe reworking what happens when you get to the center of the universe, but I haven't experienced it, so I don't know if it's changed at all. The new side content is new, but... And that's a parallel storyline that you can be doing with Artemis, um, who was a character that was introduced in earlier kind of backstory, just not fleshed out. And now the other thing is that they've added kind of um, procedurally generated missions to the game. So for those of you who are saying, well, I don't have anything to do. It's just a game where you like take a walk and listen to this cool space music. Well, it's still that. But now you can get a mission while you take a walk and listen to cool space music that says, you know, go uh, and kill some aggressive animals or take out a certain number of advanced sentinels, or and you get rewards and and you unlock new blueprints and things like that.
0: And they added base sharing, so people can visit your base. Yep. Um,
1: and leave messages.
0: Portals allow you to share your uh, planet's coordinates, so people can actually go to the planets you're talking about. So if you find a really cool planet you want to share it with your friends, you can post those coordinates online, and they can teleport to it.
1: And it really is a rip-off of, of Stargate.
0: It is, but a, a loving ripoff.
1: Yeah, it, it is it, so obvious. The
0: The portal comes out, you know, like, whoosh, and, and just like that. So, well, overall, you know, the game isn't much different, but I think they. They addressed, you know, all the people that were still kind of invested in the game. Uh-huh. They invest, They uh, corrected a lot of things people were actually making complaints about.
1: The thing but, I'll say is if you were looking for an action exploration game, go play Conan Exiles and let your dong flap in the wind. You know, because this is not that. I still
0: see a template for something good. You know, they continue to add on to it. Um, my, only, my only concern is, you know, they've put up this game... It's relatively cheap to buy these days. It's actually
1: on sale just about everywhere right now.
0: And, you know, how are they going to generate money to keep adding to the game?
1: Yeah. And, and you know, there's some things that have come to light. Everybody wanted to beat up the director of the studio and the kind of the, the mastermind behind this, Sean Murray. But he sold his house to do this. I mean, his dedication to the vision and his willingness to kind of clean up the mess that was left after the release, I I think is admirable. Absolutely. It doesn't excuse his overreaching statements. It doesn't excuse his, you know, his kind of lack of, of polish and filter when it comes to doing press, but you know what? He's a developer. He's not a PR guy. And I think that a lot of people were quick to beat him up over that. Um, And, and of course now hello games has actual PR people that, and they've basically told Sean to stop talking to the press he still is putting some limited stuff out. But, I mean, when people are threatening to kill you over a video game, come to your house and burn it down because your video game didn't meet expectations and you lied and you ruined their lives. I mean, why would he even be doing this if he didn't believe in it?
0: I I don't understand why people – I guess that goes into the hype engine. People believe – I don't know. I that don't, they're owed it, something? They're, yeah.
1: They're that these owed, aren't commercial products? That these are religions? I, I don't get it.
0: I, I don't get it either. Um
1: I mean, we've all been disappointed by a game that didn't deliver, but I've never been so angry about it that I wanted to hide in the person who came up with it and do bodily harm to them.
0: Mighty number nine almost invokes a little bit of that.
1: Uh you see I, I, I just can't care. <laughs> no, enough. I don't I don't my, it's just I'm
0: just, just disappointed. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things And
1: it'll be a you learned a lesson. Exactly. You know? I, I mean
0: you know, when people talk about pre-orders, you know, this, you'll, you'll go on Reddit and somebody will, here's the thing, you'll see a trailer, you'll be like, oh my gosh, that game looks amazing. The first comment on any trailer that's posted to Reddit is, guys, remember, don't pre-order this.
1: Oh, I thought it was first.
0: Well, that too. It's a second <laughs> comment. You know, and, and the, the sentiment behind that makes sense. Hey, don't invest in this because you don't know what it is. Right. Whatever they're showing you is marketing. It's not the actual substance of so, it. So,
1: But we've got this, this artificial um, train where not only do you get that hype at the beginning where you don't really know what it is, but they start throwing all of these wonderful things at you to give you advantage or to give you a collector's edition like the Pip-Boy, right? Right. Fallout 4 could have been a complete waste of people's time, but people would have bought it anyways because of the Pip-Boy. Um, you know, beyond, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn had a great collector's edition with this wonderful statue. The game could have been junk, but the statue was still cool. Doom, well, the new Doom had a great statue in its limited edition. These are all the ways that they're luring you to build money up for their coffers because they can guarantee pre-sales to some extent. So the one thing I'll say, and I used to be heavily in the don't pre-order anything camp, and now I've kind of backed off that. In most cases, you're you're not putting your money down until the day it ships.
0: Yeah, you have the ability you can to cancel back out. And, you know, reviews are your first indicator, and usually those will happen before it ships. Well, and then they you get always, into the whole
1: but, and we've talked about doing an episode about this a few times. Yeah. Well, and the the whole how that it's not questionability journalism. of journalism versus commercial reviews. Yeah. They're not the same thing Sponsored and
0: commercial gentlemen. reviews.
1: Well, they may not even be sponsored.
0: They're sponsored.
1: They're not always sponsored. And, and I know that the business is different from when I was in it. And you know, my ethics are different than some other people's ethics, but I know a lot of the people that were in the industry at the time I was, and many of them are still in the industry in some extent. They're not dishonest people, but they are human beings and their, their opinions can be influenced. And, and generally, you know, people make snap judgments. That's part of what happens with these reviews and the embargoes. It's the same thing that happens with movies, right? So, a studio knows that there's a movie that's not going to be very good or they don't think it'll do well they won't preview it for for critics critics are a tool of the manufacturer plain and simple youtubers are the same as game journalists used to be except now you've got fan youtubers being asked to review a title they're already excited about and their objectivity is already gone what you have to do is just learn to take everything with a grain of salt and the reality is, if you really want something to be good and you really, 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 really want it, it doesn't matter what somebody's going to write in a review anyways because you're going to go buy it. Reviews have very little impact on, on most people's decisions. Yeah, I agree. Especially the day one decisions. Now, they have a big impact on the month two, month three purchases. But nobody remembers. And you can't find the content two months later on most of the big websites.
0: Yeah, and when you're talking about reviews, like you said, the month two, month three... If you ever read the, uh, uh, sort of the reviews along the lines of, Hey, just pick this up. I don't know what, you know, and then they review it. Those seem to be a little more objective because they weren't there yeah. in the hype cycle. They picked it up and they're like, Hey, this is actually pretty interesting. I mean, we've we found cult favorites because of that. I mean, Absolutely, mean, there, there were games released at release that weren't that big, weren't critically reviewed. Well, um, that have now become favorites in one way or another. I mean, mm-hmm. Okami wasn't that big when it came out. Oh, but no. now it's as a And I, I loved Okami when I reviewed
1: it. And there were just so many people who didn't know what it You know, where you play a wolf and yeah. it's Japanese. And yeah. is it like Zelda? Or you have to draw things with a paintbrush? What's, what's that all about? But here we are, you know, seven years later. They do a reissue and everybody's talking about it. Right. So you, there's those hidden gems that tend to pop up. I, I think we've probably beaten this one yeah into any, pulp or raw meat anyhow i'm excited about the update i've played it
0: for about three or four hours no man's sky yeah, um I, i've played it for a little bit more it's than pretty that. fun i i want to try out the multiplayer the the teleportating 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 is that a word? teleportation has been pretty fun <laughs> um there's just lots of little things that have made the interface not as cumbersome think yes stepping stones of them actually learning and making changes
1: well, and, and they've had the best early access preview you can yeah. have, right? Yeah. Um, so again,
0: I, I'm into, I'm, I'm excited to see what the future has for the game. Uh, I, you know, I still may not play it constantly for four, 40 hours and, and a burst, but it's a really cool relaxation game.
1: For me, it's the game I put on when I just want to relax after a stressful week, and, and uh, I just go wander and, and see really ugly looking creatures and collect rocks and
0: and take photos of everything
1: and well the photo mode you introduced me to that because I hadn't actually even seen it now that's pretty awesome now if only we had an easy way to get it out of (laughs) the the PlayStation but I have it on the PC so I'm betting it'll be much easier exactly
0: anyhow moving on Nintendo is doing the world championships again they those are always fun they
1: did them in what game are they gonna do um what games, question. I should say, because it's multiple games. But I forget what they said there. Is there any new games, co- or is it all okay. Mario and?
0: So this is 2017. They did them two years ago in 2015, and that was the 25th anniversary of when they did them in 1990. They were so big.
1: The 27th in... anniversary of 1990. Yes. Or the second anniversary of 2015.
0: And the first, the first one was kind of a big deal. Was marketed in stores. People could qualify yep. through Nintendo Power. It led to the most collected or. The, the most cartridge. rare cartridge for yep. the NES. And, um, and that
1: was... Well, and you had to get the cartridge through Blockbuster or yeah. something like that.
0: Um When they did them in 2015, it was really interesting. They did a mix of new and old games. Uh, time trials versus, you know, hey, Splatoon! Um, so this year, we don't know what the games are, but we do know that the qualifier is Mario Kart 8. And... You have to go to a participating Best Buy store to qualify before October.
1: Well, that's not unusual. Nintendo's often done tree houses at Best Buy and stuff yeah. like that. So, But you
0: have to go to Best Buy. Okay. Go to Best Buy.
1: I, no, we are not being paid by Best Buy. We're I'm having not a sale in
0: Nintendo them. products. Go to Best Buy.
1: You can't buy anything there anyways. Every Best Buy I go to it looks like you get hit by a freaking tornado. <laughs> so anyhow, hopefully
0: they stream them. It. It was interesting last time. I mean, I it's it's cool to see them. I don't know why they skipped last year if they want to make it a thing, and it's weird. It's going to be in October this year, but
1: maybe it's another way to show off the power of the Switch.
0: I think probably,
1: yeah.
0: Maybe they'll have an announcement for a certain game that Jared's anticipating. Hopefully,
1: Super Smash Brothers. Hey, who knows? Brawl point five. <laughs> oh.
0: Anyhow, uh, those go. That's live in October. I think qualifiers in September. So yeah, keep an eye out. Hey, speaking of the Switch, one of my most favorite games of all time. Hold on.
1: I I just want to point out, why. when did we become a Nintendo podcast?
0: We didn't. Okay, look. Well, you brought up the Amiibo thing. Okay, so three three of our seven tangents are (laughs) Nintendo related. Okay. One of them's your fault.
1: One of them is my fault, but it was a news update on information we shared last week, which I actually put in there too. You you could have
0: chosen not to. To, to bring maybe out.
1: this insidious brain reprogramming. Every time you see Nintendo, I'm starting to become more of a fanboy. Hey, yeah, anyway, you were saying about on, something I'm, coming on the switch, hold Is on, there I'm, I'm, I'm
0: uh, authorizing my check from Nintendo here. <laughs> so yeah. uh, Super Meat Boys coming to the switch. Okay, D- did you ever play it?
1: Yeah, I own it. Did you like it? It's a very difficult platformer. It it's, is. It's very challenging, difficult. and whenever you die, there's there's meat that gets splattered all over the screen. So it, it's visually interesting.
0: Yeah, and I think it, I think the first when it first came out it was what 2008. So it was very early on the indie scene.
1: Well, and it's actually one of the games that's featured in Indie the movie, Indie yeah. Games the movie. Yep, and they talk about some of the struggles they had getting it to market and all of that. So if you haven't played Super Meat Boy and you're interested in how games get made, that's actually an interesting movie. Then you also get to listen to Phil Fish whine about being a person, but. Uh, and and that's Fez by the way. So yeah,
0: which he's really no longer affiliated with. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. Uh, I'm excited. But you own like three copies of this. I do. But the fact that I'll be able to play it on a handheld and that's not the Vita I'm excited for.
1: Okay. I was going to (laughs) say it's on the Vita, (laughs) but, uh, no, so we've got an indie game. That's not really an indie game at this point. It's, it's sold enough money that it's kind of a blockbuster. Yeah. Um, We sold enough money, sold enough copies that it's a blockbuster, and it's a digital game, right? They're not releasing a physical copy.
0: It's rumored that they actually are going to release a physical copy.
1: That seems like with Nicalis as the publisher, huh?
0: And they were also talking about a potential Super Meat Boy amiibo.
1: That would be gooey. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting.
0: Uh, It gives people that maybe missed it, didn't have a PS uh, or Xbox 360 that are jumping on the Switch bandwagon, another opportunity to play a good game. Yeah. I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, it is think, a good game.
0: I think what's interesting with these indie releases how they're like, hey, we're on the FIDA, we're on the Switch, we're on the PS3, the PS4, the PS5. How long are they going to keep releasing and developing for new platforms? You know?
1: Well, the indie studios, it's probably fairly easy to retool them if they're yeah. in on open source engines or basic engines. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's nice to see... That an indie game is coming to the Switch, and I, I'm still, I, I would be surprised if they did a physical release, because that's a lot of money for a game that's been out for like five years.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting. So. We'll
1: see. Anyway. Hey, next. Sean. What? Is this a Nintendo one?
0: No, this is not Nintendo. Let me hey, guess. I, uh, hold, are on, you sitting, hold on. Are you sitting down? I am. Okay. I don't mean to alarm you, but Valve.
1: Valve? Half-Life actually- 3?
0: They actually announced their next game.
1: Left for Dead Three? Oh, Valve doesn't make games in threes. No, they're, Portal they're making
0: they're making a new game, Sean. Are you ready Dota for this? Dota three? No, it's completely new. Completely new. It's called Artifact. Artifact? Yeah. What's it about? It's the Dota 2 card game. So
1: it's not completely new. Yeah. It's Hearthgwent. Hearthgwent. <laughs> um Magic Hearthgwent.
0: As, as Uninteresting that sounds to you or me and maybe our audience members, uh, it was a, it was announced at the latest Dota 2 tournament. It was previewed, trailer and all. Do you all. have an audio clip? No, I didn't get it ready, but oh. I'll, I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. They loved it. Oh, my gosh. Nobody. It was like Artifact, and everybody's like, ooh, a new game? And then it's Dota card game. And everybody's like,
1: oh. oh. Elder Scrolls Legends, which actually...
0: What and what's with this <laughs> hey this really popular franchise the card game
1: hey, the movie I like gwent, the
0: movie the card game the video game the movie
1: <laughs> it's i actually do like gwent and i, I like hearthstone Do and you I like, like magic
0: do you like uh elder, elder school legends it's
1: okay it plays a lot does everything have to be a card a digital card game now it's cheap You make a very basic game, and then all you have to do is put card art together. I mean... But I don't see the Dota universe as having the kind of context or depth to support. I mean, one of the reasons Hearthstone works, or Gwent for that matter, or Elder Scrolls Legends, is they're playing on these really rich kind of interactive backstories. You know, Gwent is about the Witcher universe, and people have played in the Witcher universe, and even if it's a card game, they know the characters and, and all of that. Hearthstone is is World of Warcraft. It's the Warcraft universe, and and you know I guess they've talked about throwing in Starcraft and Diablo too, but um, at this point it's just Warcraft. And then Elder Scrolls, you've got all of the Elder Scrolls lore and all those characters and the MMO and all of that to draw from. You just have Dodo, which by the way started out as a mod for for Warcraft, Warcraft Three, 3. Um, and I don't know that it's ever been. Ad- I mean, it's a great competitive, you know, MOBA. That is really, really popular all over the world, but I still don't see it having the legs. But maybe Val doesn't care.
0: I'm I'm kind of off board until they release Super Smash Bros. The card game. Then I'll be back on board with all these card games. I mean, I I, I have played Hearthstone. I like mm-hmm. it. I like the fact they took uh we're not let's they stole it. Magic's mechanics. They stole Magic, but they digitized it and made it compelling and easy to play on the internet.
1: They made it easier to play than magic. Yeah. That's the more accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, and they also made it play in the digital age. You know, they did a really good job of
1: the animation, the characters, all that,
0: that, and taking a physical card game and making it actually fun to -hmm. play on a digital device. Yep. I, I mean, that's a big transition to do and make and do well. Yes. Um, but now it just seems like everybody's like, hey, we got a card game too. So
1: it's the latest FPS, cra- FPS craze, right? Yeah. Or MOBA craze. Yeah. Now it's card games.
0: Yeah, it's card games. So. Yeah, they'll do Heroes of the Storm, the card game next.
1: Well, yeah. Whoa, <laughs> hold on. Um, it's kind of meta. Um,
0: and then they'll do Hearthstone, the RTS.
1: Yeah, Hearthstone is an RTS in the War- in the Warcraft setting.
0: Yeah. Anyhow.
1: They're going to call it Warcraft 3. Hey Sean. Yeah.
0: Um, Disney is saying goodbye to Netflix. No, it's not. Well, they said they were. No, they're not. But they made an announcement and everything. Not completely. But hey, I think Disney's going to start their own streaming service along <laughs> with six others.
1: Let Let's talk about that at the end of the episode.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, hey, all. So it was it was actually announced that Disney was leaving their contract. At, is up in 2019. Yes, and then it was later but except said that they
1: just got on Netflix. Like they said, just "Oh just well,
0: Netflix wants to keep the Marvel movies and the Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. You can take the Lion King, whatever." Two and a half. Yeah.
1: Sing so a tunnel, man.
0: It's it's just another ongoing saga and se- streaming services, and maybe we'll have something to talk about about
1: that later. But yeah, so here's my here's my take on the Disney thing. I think it's a bargaining chip. I think it's them trying to leverage Netflix and kind of there's everybody is seeing Netflix take over the market share, reintroduce new TV series that are catching on doing new movies that are catching. I mean, we've got bright coming at the end of the month. We talked about that last episode. There's Netflix has become this powerhouse, by the way, Netflix has $20 billion in debt right now. Um, so it may be a media powerhouse, but it's a very fragile situation for them. Um and all of these content providers for Netflix are getting nervous that they're not getting a big enough piece of the pie. That's what this is about. Yep. So anyway. All right. We'll come back to a a, a little bit more um emotional perspective on that at the end of the episode. Yeah. But next, let's go into our main topic, Sean. Choose your destiny. Flawless victory. Choose your destiny. Flawless victory. Hey. We're talking about fighting games? We're talking about violence. Hey, you said you were going to talk about that last week. Hey, we're following through
0: on something. Oh my god. Now we just got to start doing let's plays. Well, yeah. (laughs) Good luck with that one. So, what I want to talk about with you, Sean, today, I don't want to talk about violent video games causing violence. I don't want to talk about that. Okay. What I do want to talk about is games are violent.
1: Okay. So, water is wet. Um, (laughs) Water
0: Water is wet.
1: Oxygen is breathable. Where are we going with this? So what i wanted to point out is a lot of games are
0: violent or they have some element of violence why is that that you think that is
1: why do i think that is i think that is because games often thrive on conflict and conflict often is represented through violence because it's much harder in a game to do emotional or psychological conflict there are games that do it and there are often games where you struggle against nature which, by the way, survival is kind of violent in and of itself. It is. Um, so that's why I think. See, I. Uh, here we have to get into the definition of what's violence mean. Well, let me let
0: me scale it back a little bit. I, I don't mean hardcore ultra violence like Doom.
1: when well, you're killing demons. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about this. Just like Wolfenstein, you're shooting Nazis. Nobody cares. We're going back to that comment again. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm talking about is causing
0: harm to another. Life form, right? In a game,
1: violating the sanctity of life, right? By the way, the circle of life says that you have to eat something that was alive for energy, because energy transference is how we survive.
0: Well, unless you're Samus and you just do a energy station.
1: Well, none of us are Samus.
0: Samus is Samus.
1: Samus isn't real. So, I guess the other point
0: I want to go to is: are games that don't have any sort of violent action as compelling? We talk about adventure games, story games, So I would even say Animal adventure Crossing.
1: games often have violence in them.
0: They do or don't?
1: They often do because you still need a conflict to drive the story. So if you look at a game like, um, well, let's just take an easy one. Monkey Island is an adventure game, right? The old standard classic adventure games. There's still violence in Monkey Island, even if it's cartoon violence, right? Like Animaniac style, um, where you're slapping somebody with a rubber chicken. It's still violence, technically. Is it to the point where you're doing violence to another person? And this is where I think it's important to define what we mean by violence here. Um, the, the purest example of the, what violence is, yes, any action where you come into conflict and could do harm to someone else is, is a form of violence. Uh, but I don't think that's what you mean, is it? Yes. Yes. But is there a difference between that type of violence where maybe I slap you upside the head with a chicken versus I take out a gun and shoot you in the head?
0: Well, yeah, there's obviously a difference there.
1: So do we want to put them in the same bucket? Um, yes. Why? F- for the for the
0: sake of this argument. Okay. What, what I want to talk about is...
1: Because there are games with, that aren't violent unless you're a vegetable. Like... Sundew Valley was a violence to vegetables because you have to kill the vegetables.
0: Well, see, then you're getting into a whole other (laughs) philosophical, uh, philosophical debate of, you know,
1: are vegetables alive? I think that's irrefutable.
0: Well, can they feel pain?
1: Well, I don't know about that.
0: Some would say yes, but, but yeah, again, so really what I'm getting into is plant
1: people would say yes. What? People who identify as plants say yes.
0: Do any of our audience members identify as plants? I don't know.
1: Well, if you do identify as a plant person, please let us know because we don't want to exclude you along with our neo-Nazi people that we don't want on our podcast.
0: Which we explicitly Excluded. do want to exclude.
1: Yes, they are not welcome.
0: But plant people we're okay with.
1: Yeah, I, that's a thing. Uh, you, you know, Is it a thing? It is actually a thing. Plant people? We, we won't get into diverse lifestyle choices. I don't know what's episode. happening
0: anymore. Where's this topic going? Anyhow, violence is a mechanic is really what I want to talk about. Okay. We can, yeah, I think it's a little harder to talk about violence in adventure games where you may have an impact of a decision Mm -hmm. that causes harm to somebody. But I want to talk about when you're shooting, you're punching. Jumping. You're jumping on the head of an enemy.
1: I was going to say, jumping itself isn't violent. It's the landing that's violent.
0: Like, a lot of people don't think Mario is a violent game. When you think of Mario, you don't think violence, even though you're... Taking a fire flower and incinerating an enemy or jumping on a turtle and kicking its shell to kick its brethren off the stage.
1: Or removing a bridge under a giant dinosaur turtle and watching him f- fry in a lava pit until yeah. he's dead.
0: When you really think about it, it gets a little bad.
1: Well, I, I don't have to think too much about it. I I just know that Bowser shouldn't should burn. But he always comes back. So I guess it isn't that bad.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's all a play, anyways. But uh,
1: it's the same thing. So maybe it's not about whether it's violent or not. It's about how it's depicted. So if you think about the old, you know, Legend of Zelda, right? The 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 original Legend of Zelda or the original Mario Brothers games, where you know you're jumping and and it's not like you're landing on a Koopa and his brains are splattering all over the back wall or. You know, Link is cutting somebody's arm off with a sword or stabbing through a, a monster. He's an 8 bit sprite and he fires off an energy sword and the guy blinks and goes away. I think that has a lot to do with the interpretation of whether something is violent or not in video games. Um, I don't think most people want to spend their time really considering the
0: moral implications of their actions or the
1: pathos of the enemy. Right, I don't care about the Goomba who just got this job to support his family of mushrooms, and you know that Bowser's actually been good for the Mushroom Kingdom because he liberated them from the tyranny of the Toads. I, all of that is kind of in the backstory; it's a, kind of there, but we don't think about it. We just think about Mario being the champion of the Toads to free them from the evil Bowser, and the, the Goombas and the Koopas are his shock troops and you're trying to defeat them to save the princess that he kidnapped. Again, you could take this completely the wrong way. Most people don't. Right. It's not depicted that way. It's, it's not even with uh, Mario Odyssey, which has got Mario in the real world wearing hats. You know, it, he jumps off a building. You're not going to see Mario squish when he hits the ground. He vibrates for a few seconds as the shock waves go through him. And then he shakes it off and goes about his business. And it's a gameplay mechanic. To penalize you for doing that without actually hurting you. Right? So if we saw a super realistic Legend of Zelda, we probably would step back and go, Oh my god, that's horrible. Right? Whereas we've seen ultra realistic things like Mortal Kombat, where it's a bunch of people punching each other, but then all of a sudden they rip each other's spines out.
0: No, you you just used the word ultra realistic, but then used okay. Mortal ultra combat. violent is really what I meant. Yeah, like we're realistic. you know in the latest one where they break somebody's spine over the back of their knee, and then the fight continues.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I I don't know. There's some fighters out there. No, actually, Batman was okay after his spine got broken. So what's your excuse? <laughs> not everybody's Batman. If you get a choice to be Batman, be Batman. Always be Batman. Yeah. So. Back
0: to what you said, games need conflict. In fact, stories need conflict yeah. for them to tell themselves. There's no conflict or no obstacle. Well, how do you grow? People exactly. grow
1: through adversity, right? right? You don't spontaneously decide that you're a better person tomorrow. You, you generally, in a story, in a traditional three-beat story, have to have a conflict and then a, and, and basically the penult- the results of the conflict – then the decision, and then the, re- and then the learning happens at the end. So let me posit
0: you a theoretical game. Mm-hmm. Okay? A platformer. Okay. A genre we're all familiar with.
1: Right. But
0: you don't actually kill or harm any of the enemies on stage. They are obstacles.
1: So you just avoid them?
0: You either avoid them you... or jump off of them. Do without... you
1: hide in a box?
0: Not Metal Gear Solid.
1: Oh, okay. That's not a platformer. You know,
0: and, uh, you know, I've seen some other games where, yeah, you still have boss fights, mm-hmm. but the way you defeat them.
1: So, Undertale.
0: Is that a good one? I haven't played
1: it yet. You haven't played Undertale? No. Okay, so Undertale but, has a complete know, pacifist play.
0: I know, I know. I've read that.
1: So, spoiler alert. So there's for still conflict. Right. You just make a different choice.
0: Right. And that's sort of what that game is going for. I don't want to spoil it for everybody. It's coming out on PlayStation Four next week, so those that haven't played it, we don't want to spoil it. But yes. would you say that's a tenet of what that game's going for?
1: Absolutely. Uh, it's it's a bit of a moral story, right? It, it, about the character and, and the choices the character makes in this situation, and everything on the. Well, I'll also say that Undertale all about tricking the player. Alright, so it's fully expected that you play the way you play every game. You come in with your own biases and your own expectations. You'll still play the game, and it'll still get through it, but the ending, if you decide to play completely left out of left field and be passive and avoid combat and, you know, knock people out but don't actually kill them or, you know, sing them to sleep versus, you know, sticking a sword in their head. I'm not giving examples of exactly what happens in the game because I don't want to spoil it, but, you know, not every game gives you those options and it's funny you brought up a platformer but where i've seen kind of the violence avoidance most times has actually been in rpgs or stealth games stealth games right yeah. action games where normally uh, where you have a number of different ways to solve a problem where you can pull out your gun and, and mow down the the guards and, and go barreling through a door where you can sneak to the into the air ducts and find a control room and then release you know sleeping gas into the facility, you know Deus Ex is is famous for that kind of. You can get through the game without shooting a single bullet.
0: Dishonored as well. Dishonored and has that, yeah. Metal Gear Solid to a degree with the tranquilizer gun, right? Even you can though knock him. Game's, there's still violence. There's a lot of violence <laughs> in those games. Um, the reason that that I wanted to talk about the this this week. Is something that jogged, a couple of things kind of jogged my thought about this or mm-hmm. my thought process for me. The cogs up in here in my brain. And
1: this is the part where most of the listeners are going, You guys think way too much about stupid things that don't really matter.
0: Yeah, probably, but.
1: But please continue. That wasn't me I, putting your. No, idea I down. like
0: thought experiments. Yeah. I think it's a good mental jog.
1: <laughs> well, we have to be prepared to talk to people who aren't comfortable with these things, right? right? So go ahead.
0: Anyhow. I started Nier Automata.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's sort of an action RPG made by Platinum in conjunction with Square Enix, a sequel to Nier. Anyhow, even if you haven't played any of the games the, in the Dragon Guard series, which I haven't, or Nier mm-hmm. for I have. PS3, um, the, the the setting is this, that Earth had been taken over by a bunch of alien robots. Right. And you are an android built by the humans to go... Clean up Earth so that the humans can come back. Now I haven't gotten through so the entire walling. game. Somewhat, but with guns and swords. Okay. But there was a pivotal moment in the story that um, didn't give me that player agency that we talked about with the other games. Uh-huh. Um, the evil... I'll put evil in quotations for those that can't see. The evil the robots. The adversary of the robots. Yeah. Um... You end up finding a horde of them and all of a sudden they make this like weird cocoon out of their own bodies and an android drops out that looks very much like you. And it just stands there. And your, your partner character AI is like, we need to kill it. We need to kill it now. It doesn't move. It doesn't do anything until you decide to make an action against it.
1: Okay, so you said they took away your agency, though. That that, that sounds like they're giving you agency. What? So you have to, you get to choose, or you don't? You don't get to, get choose. to choose. You have to. The attack game it. does
0: not continue until you start attacking this seemingly defenseless android. Okay. And as as you attack it, I mean, so that's
1: what triggered this question about. This violence. is what
0: triggered this in my mind, and I think it's gonna add to that because there's a lot of more on that story and again i'm playing halfway through so i can't speak to the entire story but as you attack that android it starts adapting mm-hmm. and the first thing it adapts is it built shields and then it finally starts attacking you until you defeat it but it made me think you know i didn't have an option for how this story was going to continue i had to attack it that was but i'm a combat android in the game mm-hmm. so really
1: you're just doing what you're built to do exactly you're just like mankind you know we, we got to eat to live but an- androids don't eat i said mankind has to eat to live not androids oh, oh yeah 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 it, it's a parallel oh
0: i guess androids gotta charge
1: <laughs> well it depends on the well anyhow it just
0: I don't know that's why I wanted to talk about this maybe I don't have a lot of substance on this this week but
1: well no I, I think this is one of those topics that it doesn't hurt every once in a while to just kind of think about what you're doing yeah and this isn't a you know think about how bad you're being or how evil it is to do these things you know think and, and we often see when we talk we see people in, in the media especially or people who are very very concerned about the exposure of impressionable minds I'm not necessarily saying children but that's kind of where I'm leaning Um, when they're exposed to all of these inputs right these choices and we desanitize ourselves and kind of become numb to the idea that we can play a game and in the game through conflict we solve everything with guns and fists and explosives and robot arms um I, I can see where some of that, again, it's a thought exercise. I can see where some of that comes in and, you know, as a parent, right? I can speak from that perspective and probably this will surprise some people in the fact that there were games I would not allow my kids to play, right? My kids have grown up in a house that have been covered in video games, very, very violent video games, um, very violent movies. I mean, my wife and I have never held back on our, um, enjoyment. So the, the, the things that we like to do, we didn't stop because we had kids. What we did do is modify when we did it, right? And then when the kids were old enough to have a conversation and when they were interested in those things, we talked about it. We did it with them, right? So for the longest time, and actually it wasn't until about last year that I allowed my son to have a copy of Call of Duty, and I know that sounds silly, right? Because here I am, I play all of these games, and, and, and why should I have a problem with somebody playing Call of Duty? The reality is that I, I wasn't ready to have the conversation with him around gun violence and what it really means to be a soldier, because for the longest time that's what a lot of those games were about. The last few haven't been so much about that. And what I found is that he really didn't want to play the war scenarios. He wanted to play the zombies, or the space zombies, or the Cthulhu, or and, and so after we'd had the conversation, I was more comfortable with it. But even I, somebody who's you know covered this industry, studied video games, as you know, in college was looking to build games. I realized that there was an impact that these choices can have on a child, or somebody who doesn't understand the scope of what's going on. So the only thing I can say is having this moment to pause like you did to say, hey, why don't I have another choice? And thinking that through, even though you obviously had to progress by beating the heck out of the android, um, that's a good thing. That's a human thing. Um, And if you're not having those types of moments, maybe you're too far gone. Maybe you've given up too much of your humanity to video games. Or maybe we're thinking way too much about it. I don't know.
0: It could be. I mean, I think at least it's a cultural thing, too, I believe. I I really do believe that in America, you know, violence is sort of, I don't want to say second nature. Well, we're okay with violence, we're not okay with nudity. Right. Right. For entertainment purposes, (laughs) violence is just like, yeah,
1: punch him in the face. Yeah. Human sexuality bugs us. But, you know, seeing somebody's arm get blown off or, or, you know, somebody being beaten to within inches of their life in a movie or in a video game. That's not something we really worry too much about. Right. We don't give that an X rating. But, you know, the second that there's bare flesh or any kind of sexual connotation, we have to protect our children from it. Right. It's kind of a double standard.
0: It is. and 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 my purpose of thinking of through this is not political by any means uh just in case anybody's thinking that but i just you know i've been i've been in a different mindset lately um you're getting older jared i guess i'm getting older we're watching superhero movies we're playing video games and it's conflict through punching people in the face well
1: why was everybody so upset about man of steel (laughs)
0: because punching people because
1: superman didn't solve any of his problems with his brain yeah the entire climax of that film
0: was solving it by punching people in the face
1: and and granted he was being punched so he had to protect himself but he didn't and, and the biggest reason people had trouble with that version of superman was that he didn't go out of his way to protect the people around him
0: and that's pretty that's pretty central to the actual well, normal depiction of Superman is
1: he had options, and the and again the screenwriters didn't give him options. Exactly. They didn't make it obvious that he only had that choice. Like you and right. near, you know, you had the moment where you stopped the game and you looked at it and you said, "I could not do this." Well, no, the screenwriter of the game said, "No, you have to do this."
0: Right. There was nothing in the game to convince me at that point that you know this was inherently evil and it needed to be stopped there was nothing in the story that made it clear that my motivation is to stop this yeah. in fact and i i believe without spoiling the game for myself cuz i surprisingly haven't yet is that there the game's story is central around this so but which we'll see but you know movies like doctor strange i really like the ending mm-hmm. because they didn't revolve around defeating somebody or killing something it well was and in that like case
1: a... you knew that you know dr strange couldn't beat dorma right with brute force he tried like seventeen thousand times <laughs> and that was the whole crux of the matter was he had to figure out a different way to do it and there's a lot of people who talk about dr strange not being a good movie but if there's anything about dr strange that worked it was that
0: yeah i, I absolutely agree
1: and i am I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to see more elements of that in the next avengers film when they introduce thanos because right. in a straight-up fight, you don't beat Thanos, right? It, he's, he's just too powerful. And even if you've got, you know, a god and a giant mutated monster who's, who's the strongest there is and, you know, guy with an indestructible shield and a guy who gets jostled around in combat armor, it doesn't matter. They they have to do something else other than a straight-up fight to win. And actually, in the uh, Avengers Assembled animated series that was on a few years ago, they actually are way ahead of the movies now because they did the... Um,
0: secret Invasion. They,
1: well, they've gotten up to Secret Invasion, which yeah. we haven't seen in the movies yet, which is the rumor that that's actually what Avengers 4 is going to be because we'll have Captain Marvel introduced by then. That's is what they're the,
0: saying uh, Captain Marvel is going to be about is the scrolls, Yeah. which will be... Interesting. Which is a complete tangent from our violence conversation.
1: But uh, the whole point really is that they had to outthink Thanos to beat him. And they still used violence, by the way. That was the only way they could resolve the problem. Because they're superheroes. They're action stars. In real life, there's always an option and it's not always the optimal choice to avoid violence. But most of us avoid violence far more than we engage in it. Right. But in our entertainment, we don't. It's kind of interesting
0: so one last thing and this may be our final thought you brought up the point of sometimes this is what turns people off of games yeah right you know they see it and it's shooting people in the face punching people in the face you know there are games out there that don't involve that stuff but are they as compelling or talked about have you ever played tetris i love tetris
1: tetris is not about conflict it's, it's a is. puzzle game.
0: It's about conflict with yourself.
1: Well, it's a challenge. It's a puzzle. <laughs> no, I'm looking to deep. But it's into not it. violent. You're it not is. committing violence with yourself.
0: Tetris is one of those pure simple games that doesn't involve any real world analog.
1: And if you look at a large a number of the people who play the mobile games, you know, the, the Bubble Witch saga and Slime <laughs> Rancher and, and bu- bu- Bubble Witch Saga. Yeah, all of those things they're they're not violent games i'll get you with <laughs> bubbles it's, i didn't Sorry. say it was a great setting it's definitely not you know macbeth but uh it's it's a situation where we see a lot and and, and i'm not going to subscribe to traditional um kind of sexist views on this but there is a larger number of female players of those types of games. And I think largely because of that violence factor, you know, little boys are taught to like violence from a young age, that they're taught to solve their problems with violence. They're taught to idolize people who solve their problems through direct use of force. I think that right or wrong, at least in America, a lot of women and young girls are taught to be, um, on nonviolent in solving their problems, they're they're told to avoid violence. If they commit violence to solve a problem, the repercussions for them are f- far worse, and and it's unfair and it's unrealistic. Humans are humans, but it is the culture that we live in, and so yep. that, I think that's a part of it. I mean, when you look at things like S- Stardew Valley or um, Mother or any of those kinds of more pacifist oriented games. Animal Crossing. You know, there's some social commentary in Animal Crossing that we've made in the past. But ultimately, it's about collecting things and in beautifying your home. Or The Sims, to a large extent, is not a violent game.
0: Relationships.
1: It's about relationships and people and families. and So there are alternatives out there for people who want to avoid those violent things. But are they the billion-dollar blockbusters? Well, in the case of The Sims, they are. You know, In the case of Tetris, they are. Uh, so but they're not the majority of the products on the market right so i don't know it, it's it's there there's options for those who want to either tone down or avoid violence and they're not bad options there's some great games that are completely yeah. about that but unfortunately though the way our culture markets video games the way that young boys especially are taught to solve problems it lends itself to violence
0: and, and just Full disclosure here, I'm not against, don't get me wrong, I'm not against violent games. I loved Doom. Mm -hmm. I loved uh, anything where you can take a chain, Gears of War, where you take a chainsaw. Well,
1: it's about escapism,
0: Yeah. right? But I wouldn't want to do those things in real life.
1: Well, you wouldn't live very long in real life. No, I wouldn't. So, luckily there's no demons on Mars right now that we know of. That we know of? We're not there yet. The rovers may open a portal, we don't know.
0: We'll probably, you know, I think within our lifetime we'll probably awaken awaken an ancient evil of some sort, probably Cthulhu. Okay. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts, Sean?
1: No, I think I, pre- I think we got it. I think we got there. I yeah. mean, again, this is one of those points in the episode where we tend to wax philosophical. Except this whole conversation was philosophical, so I don't need to add more to that.
0: Yeah, I like again. This was the thought experiment.
1: It's not for everybody.
0: You may already have your conclusions, but... So if
1: you do, I mean, share them with us. You have multiple ways to reach out to us. We've got the Facebook links if you're getting us through there, if you're going to the website itself. Um, one thing that we haven't been real good at as we've been growing this podcast up to this point is being really, really re- interactive with our re- listeners. We've invited you guys, um, but I don't know that we're doing enough to kind of reach out. So here's a very direct and, and verbal offer we want to hear why you play games and if violence bothers you or if you know somebody or you have somebody in your life that you have to you know maybe play different games with and why
0: and have you ever come across somebody where they're like oh video games and they you know scoff at them maybe because because of their violence but yeah. anyhow you know what does make me violent sean one dumb thing this week's one dumb thing
1: yeah and it's both of ours i put it on here and you were going to put it on here so we both put it on at the same time yeah so it's the first week we've had a shared dumb thing
0: a shared dumb i mean thing. we've
1: agreed in the past but this week is the first week it's actually both of us came oh, to yeah. the table independently i read it
0: and i was like i didn't write that down <laughs> oh wait
1: so i'll let you introduce it because i introduced last week
0: so here's what spurred this this week is disney's leaving. Netflix yep. so to speak also CISO, um which hosts Harmon Quest but you haven't checked it out it's like a live oh, it's an live edited, studio it's audience live, but... of well it's in-person people playing DD um, it's Dan
1: Harmon playing d with Spencer his game master which they did for the podcast right for a long time actually acting it out with some animation
0: and it's hilarious it is
1: absolutely hilarious second um, season is coming out in September. Right. So, it, but
0: not on
1: CISO. Well, that's because CISO is a platform is being retired by NBC Universal. They didn't make money, so they basically are shutting it down. Which is exactly what I said when they announced it. Was hey, look, everybody's going to start doing these streaming services, and everybody's going to fail. So the other one I said was going to fail, which hasn't launched yet, CBS. <laughs> because what are they leading with? Star Trek Discovery
0: and ncis idaho (laughs) i don't know
1: and csi poughkeepsie (laughs) no um...
0: but there's like a thousand streaming services now yeah and they're all hodgepodge and content jumps from fox moved all their stuff from netflix bob's burgers you couldn't even stream for like a few months now it's on hulu because fox owns part of hulu
1: right Always um, did, by the way, so I never understood that anyways.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's how licensing agreements works, but there's like a thousand streaming services.
1: So what we're starting to see, actually, is everybody's starting these up, Well, but we're also seeing a consolidation. And you mentioned one specifically that I want to talk about, which is VRV, which was started by the people who started Crunchyroll. Now, a few years ago, if you remember, there were a bunch of streaming services for anime. You know, whether it was simulcast from Japanese release, anime is still not mainstream. A lot of anime fans think it's mainstream, but the average person in America is not watching Japanese cartoons.
0: Because there's not really a television equivalent of viewing that. Right. And the
1: one that was there went away, which was Cartoon Network, which is, again, still a basic cable channel. The majority of America didn't watch it. They may have it. They don't watch it. Your average person also is not all that interested in the 17th different series about a harem of a prepubescent teenage boy who's overwhelmed with life and has 17 different girlfriends. Frankly, that's a Japanese social thing that most Americans would, and and I include myself in this list, as a fan of anime, this is not the genre I like. It's the majority of anime these days. It's all the harem comedies and all the slice-of-life stuff that's very, very, very Japanese. Anyway... I'm diverging onto a, you went an anime into a rant. tangent. VRV um, is a platform where they took a number of different streaming services and combined them. So people like Geek and Sundry and Nerdist, Funimation, which is the dubbed anime, and then um, Crunchyroll, they all said, look, nobody should be paying $5 a month to 17 different services. What if I could guarantee you income? If we all band together in this lineup of services... And then we play a single rate for a lineup of channels.
0: <laughs> what's what's ironic about all this? And we were talking about before the episode is what everybody has always wanted for years with cable is a la carte. Yep, I want that channel and this channel. Why am
1: I paying for Outdoor Life Network? I never yeah, watch. I don't. It. I don't watch it.
0: And so we sort of got it. We're sort st- of we in the process. It. No, we're getting exactly it. We're pro- in the process of getting it right. We're seeing more and more and more of s- streaming apps, yep. services, and then it's funny that VRV is like, "Well, hold on, you, know, you don't want all of these? Just here? We're not a cable channel, no, 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 no." no, no. A-
1: <laughs> but they take the cable model with streaming content. Now, here's the thing that that grinds my gears about VRV. It not the full access to all of the content on the subscriptions so if you go back and you subscribe to funimation or you subscribe to nerdist or you or alpha which is the geek and sundry and nerdist combined thing you get more content you get different content so it doesn't quite solve the problem it's kind of like they take the greatest hits album off of each of these channels and then put them into one channel but it's better than paying seven hundred dollars a month for streaming services,
0: which is more than cable.
1: <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Then there's uh, HBO and there's Showtime and Epics and uh, Cinemax. I think he has a streaming service now. Stars. Stars has almost always had it, and and you've got all of these different. And then there's Netflix, and then there's Hulu. You know, um, and Amazon then there's Prime. you know CBS and CW and
0: the Stargate one that's coming later.
1: The, i don't know uh, that's got to be universal
0: no it's MGM just is launching MGM? Okay. stargate command a stargate specific streaming service
1: and they're taking stargate off well they already took it off of uh netflix they'll end up taking it off of hulu as well
0: amazon prime i think is where it lives i think it's on hulu as well
1: yeah it's on hulu I don't know. This is what I hate about it. Is well, that's why the st- there's websites out there that says, where's it streaming?
0: Well, th- it's not just where it is now. My biggest problem is like Alpha. You mentioned Alpha. It's the yeah. Geek and Sundry um,
1: and nerdist. conglomerate,
0: yeah. Nerdist. Yeah. And um, they have a show in there I really want to check out called Talkin' Tunes with yes. Rob Paulson. Yep. Who does the voice of Donatello and did the voice of Raphael in the old Turtles cartoons. And you know him as Pinky. Um and He's they had a
1: legend in the in voice acting. absolutely. Yeah. And he has other legends of voice acting come on his show every week.
0: Yeah. And they had, they recently had, um, Oh, I, I hate myself for not being able to recall this right now, but voice of Batman,
1: uh, Kevin Conroy,
0: Kevin Conroy on reading the scene from the dark Knight, where he um, talks
1: about being the Batman they deserve.
0: And it was great. I just, clicked, <laughs> I want to watch that show. It's something I'm interested in. I like voice acting well here's the thing about alpha i can subscribe to it but i can't get it on a tv device it's only available on my phone it's or also my computer. Brand
1: new. it hasn't been out very long
0: it doesn't matter that it, if you're gonna launch a service, launch a tv app or a playstation app or wait for me to watch it on my tv it's aggravating am i old Am I old for wanting to watch stuff on my TV? I just realized that Yeah, most people be. watch it
1: on their phone. I don't know what you're oh talking about. Oh, my God. Uh... Anyhow. I my... just started watching things on my phone. That's how long it's taken me to catch up. Yeah, yeah. When I'm sitting in, like, airports waiting to get on an airplane, I will watch it on my phone. Or
0: Before, I Sean would carry a CRT TV into the terminal. No, I my laptop, actually. <laughs> and a power strip and plug it in and plug in the composite.
1: Or I would do this thing called read a book. What? yeah what's that it's this old modded thing my kindle doesn't support it anymore
0: <laughs> anyhow
1: all right so that's our one dumb thing why does everybody need a streaming service no stop it
0: yeah i heard that uh there's going to be a new streaming service for the game of yahtzee it's just yahtzee 24 7
1: oh i thought you were talking about the escapist streaming service for yahtzee Croshaw.
0: <laughs> oh god that's probably going to be a thing
1: um i wouldn't be surprised
0: okay anyhow that's our one dumb thing. Everybody thanks for listening we'll catch you next week
1: woohoo, woo-hoo!